Hey, Mom. Yes, Brittany? Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners that really important thing that we're supposed to tell them before the episode starts? Okay. Push the like button or subscribe to us the way we like To start on client experience, simply go and search yourself online. Go into a incognito tab on your web, right? And search for your business, just the name. What pops up? How long does it take to get to you? That's okay. You're not, you're not going to be on page one all the time. Totally fair. That takes time, right? There's an SEO game. How long does it take to get to you? Do you have a Google My Business profile? Because that would come up, right? Right away. That comes up on the side. Um, how long does it take to get to you? Once you get there, what does it feel like to use your website? Can you find information? If you were a client or ask somebody that doesn't do doesn't know you well, or it maybe is a family member that doesn't know your business super well, to do it for you. Welcome to the Wayward Lasses All the Things Podcast. Real content. Encouraging. For real women. Affirming. Loving. Every age and stage of life. Are you ready to get real with the Wayward Lasses? You've come to the right place. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. I'm your host today, Brittany, joined by my sister, Courtney. Hello, sister. Hello, sister. Our mother, Amy. <laughs> Hello, daughter. Hello. <laughs> and our very special guest for this evening, Stephanie Acker. Hello. <laughs> yeah, she did it. Hello. She did it. <laughs> did you join in on the plan? Yeah. We did. Sorry. We, I, we always forget to mention it. Um, it's from Peppa Pig, and she says, hello, sister. So I can't say the word sister without saying sister. Like that. I totally understand. I have words like that, but I I have to say them the right way. So I get yes. it. <laughs> correct. Correct. Well, we are so excited to have Stephanie on the show today. She is the owner of Design the Experience. Before we get into her story and her business, we are going to start off with some trivia today. And I am the trivia host. What? As well right. as the host. Here we go. Some of these are pretty easy. Here's the first one. And whenever you get it, Stephanie, you just chime in. Wait, what's the topic? Do we know what the topic is? General. General, general, general knowledge. So I feel the pressure coming. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Okay, here we go. This is, I think it's easy. What does WWW stand for in a website browser? World Wide Web. Very good, very good. Okay, what countries make up the original Axis powers in World War II? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, hold on. The Axis Axis powers. Wow. Versus the allies, right? Versus what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So World War II, uh, Germany, Germany, uh-huh. Russia, no, wait, Germany, Japan, Japan. Um, <laughs> Germany, Japan. That's like, that's all I got for you. <laughs> I, I didn't guess the third one. It's Italy. 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 Yes. I should have fascism. Okay, that would have made sense. I, yeah. Yeah. After after it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> um, who was the first woman woman to win a Nobel Prize in nineteen oh three? Ooh. Is that Marie? Um Curie. That wouldn't be Madame Curie, would it? It is. It was. <laughs> it was Madame Curie. Good job, Madame Curie. Breaking Good the breaking job. that ceiling for us all day long. <laughs> uh, let's see what is the rarest m&m color 
the rarest that's still active. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with brown. Any other guesses? Green. Red. Green? <laughs> Green? Mom, what's your guess? Red. The answer is brown. Brown. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> Killing it. Okay, let's do uh, two more. Which okay. animal can be seen on the Porsche logo or Porsche logo? Uh, it is a – on the Porsche logo. Oh, my gosh. My friend Gray would kill I'm me. Trying to like it's, think. Right. it's a horse. Stallion? It is a, a horse. Thank you. Yeah, it just says horse. To, I knew there was like a specific word for it. So It just says horse. So you got it. You're yeah. killing this. <laughs> I am full. I am a plethora Woo-hoo. of useless knowledge. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Last one. What is the name of the biggest technology company in South Korea? In South Korea. Nokia? Any other guesses before I give the answer away? Is it software? Tata? Um, mm, not Tata. Samsung? Oh, no, that's not South Korea. The answer... Cordy, do you want to throw one in? No, I have no idea. The answer is Samsung. Oh, okay, okay. Look at you. <laughs> I get a little, a little, little confidence yeah. boost in my you weird, yeah. you know, random knowledge. I'm, I am impressed. My trivia game. I'm, yeah, sounds yeah. very good. If you notice, I stayed silent the whole time. Uh, so that was that was very impressive. <laughs> See, the game is you just don't tell anybody that's what you were doing. You're like, I was trying to let the guests. Speak. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Exactly <laughs> what I was you just doing. Look really white. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that you did great job. Okay, so let's head on into today's podcast. Like I said, Stephanie is the owner of Designing Experience. Before we kind of jump into everything, could you just introduce yourself uh, to our guests? Sure. So hi, everybody. I'm Stephanie Acker. Um, I am a 44-year-old woman that owns my own business, Design the Experience. We actually help small businesses to create experiences that are so memorable. People buy more, stay longer, and tell more people about them. So it's all about growth and really looking at the client experience. So looking at the client first. I'm very passionate about it. I absolutely love what I do. I'm super lucky. Um, I come from a corporate background actually. So I left the corporate world to move back to the upstate after I'd been traveling around quite a bit. I've lived in Singapore, Jacksonville, Boston. I've kind of moved around quite a bit, um, and moved back home a couple years ago after, um, one of my best friends was actually in the Boston bombing. She's okay, but she was very injured at the time. And it was a huge eye opener for me. It took me three days to get back from Singapore on the plane. And I just was like, what am I doing? Like, what is this kind of, what are these choices that I'm making in my life? Um, and it really shook things up. And so, yeah, kind of, I'm a, I'm a kind of a recent dog mom, which is crazy to me. And so if you hear them in the background, please forgive me. I have two now. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, yeah. So that's me. That's me. Brett, you're muted. I muted myself. <laughs> Alex is out there tinkering with his car and he just turned it on and it sent a loud boom through the house. So I oh, okay. muted myself. Um, so you got two dogs as your first dog instead of just one? So I got one dog. I rescued a dog and adorable dog. Her name is Malin. Uh, she's a um, actually a Whippet and Lab mix. So she's a, a 
She's a, a whippador, I think is what it's called, but a rescue dog. <laughs> and then I randomly decided to get this dog. Somebody else got him. We did an event for a client. We actually had a rescue company come in. A lady was going to rescue this dog and her dog and her, her son, or I'm sorry, her husband showed up and he was like, uh-uh. And I was like, no, we can't leave this poor dog. So I drove home from Myrtle Beach with a dog on my lap. Um, and he is a boxer lab mix. So he's a boxador and his name is Corbin. And he Aww. is very rambunctious um, and very hyper, but a snuggle bug. So I love him. Oh my goodness. I love that. Um, what was your, what was your corporate job? What were you doing in corporate? So I was in the corporate world for about 20 years. Um, I started off at Merrill Lynch down in Florida. And then I moved over to John Hancock, which was Manulife Globally, which is how I got over to Singapore. So I did a little bit of everything. I was one of the people that I was like, I'm just going to raise my hand. If there's a project, even if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to raise my hand because I'll figure out a way to get it done. Keep myself interested and also just keep growing. My main focus was in customer service, which evolved and started creating into customer client experience, which is where my real passion is. And then I got into the marketing world as well. And so by the time I was up in John Hancock, they moved me up to Boston. Um, I was running the, a lot of the marketing. I was doing director of marketing for their wholesalers. I was actually traveling with wholesalers as well, sort of building a client experience product for them that was very new and completely different in the industry. I really loved it. And I just got to go out and present it and kind of go talk to Citibank and, you know, Wells Fargo and all those guys all the time. Um, and one day I was presenting, I got asked to present very, very last minute. Like they, I used to present in front of the salespeople all the time and very last minute they're like, Hey, so our presenter fell through tomorrow. Is there any way you could present tomorrow? And I was like, sure, I'll come up with something. It was a huge room. It was always like 150 or so people. Wow. And I was like, sure, I'll come up with something. And in that room, unbeknownst to me, was actually the lead, the, the um, president of the Asia side of the business, the Apex side of the business. So um, he saw me present. I got a phone call from his secretary, said, hey, Philip Hampton Smith is in town. He'd like to take you to coffee. And I was like, Right. Had no clue who this man was. It's like, sure, <laughs> sounds good. I'll meet him for a coffee. Um, sat down with him and he was like, hey, have you thought about moving overseas? Um, wow. At the time, <laughs> I'd actually never been out of the United States. I didn't even have a passport. And I left six weeks later. Wow. wow. So the very first day I ever left the United States was the day I got on the plane to fly to Singapore. Wow. wow. So, yeah. Wow. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> and how long, how long did you live in Singapore for? I was there for three years. I absolutely wow. loved it. I ran um, the marketing and client services over there as well. I started a wholesaling team for Singapore. I did all their client like uh, experience design um, as well. And I did the surveying for all of Asia, client surveying, et cetera. And that's where I really felt, and I was like, you know, I love being able to create these large, really expansive programs that truly do change, they truly drive business, right? Because you can really differentiate yourself in a market with client experience because it's not as repeatable. It's very memorable. You're paying mm -hmm. attention to all the pain points a client can have, trying to remove those, create moments that really stick, that really are meaningful to clients. It's, it's, it's something that you can't, you can stop competing on price and product as much, right? You still have to deliver great products and price, mm -hmm. but you can really differentiate yourself. But, you know, small businesses just can't afford that typically. 
right? So when I moved back, I, I moved, they moved me back to the United States. I was still traveling all over the place. Um, my whole family lives here in the upstate. And finally I was like, listen, I got to go. Like, I want to bring this knowledge and this interest and this love and really bring it to small businesses and help them thrive because they just typically can't afford this kind of service. And in such mm -hmm. a competitive small business market, client experience can make a major difference in their mm -hmm. success. Yeah. Um, it can really drive down costs. It can make their employees a lot stickier. It obviously makes their clients a lot stickier. Um, it can make a, a really big difference. So I decided to jump in it. All my friends and family were like, you're leaving this. Well, you got to, I had, I was lucky. I had a pretty cushy job. I traveled all the time that got old though, you know, yeah. and just, I felt like, um, I said one time, um, you know, I feel like I live this magazine lifestyle. So it looks beautiful on paper and I'd go to all these gorgeous places and meet these really cool people. And I really liked what I did. I worked with awesome people, but it's just as thin as the piece of paper that it's on. Right. Mm -hmm. So am I going to take the leap and go create something? I always knew I was going to create my own business. I just thought it would be a lot later in my life. Am I going to take this leap and create something that I'm really passionate about that could really matter and get to move back home to where all my family is? Mm -hmm. That's what I did. I love that. So you Sorry, that was said, long. Oh, I'm so glad that you, I paused because I didn't know who was going to jump in next, but that's just an, an incredible story. Yeah. You had me like hanging on a thread, like what's next? What happened next? <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's, I've lived an interesting life. I've been lucky. I've had a lot of opportunities to be, you know, excuse my language, but ballsy, yeah. right? Like just to be like, okay, this is scary and I'm terrified and I'm just going to do it anyway mm -hmm. um, and try to kind of push myself through that. And I've had a lot, I've had that kind of open itself up to me. And then I've also, like I said earlier, just raised my hand constantly in the corporate world. I have mm -hmm. no clue how to do that, but I'll figure it out. I have no idea who to do, how to do it, but I'll take that project on. Sure. I'll take that. So I kind of became this girl that was well recognized in the business as one that could get things done, but that I would take risks to get things done. Smart risk. But I'd be like, yeah, I'll get it. You know, I can get it accomplished. And I learned things that you just couldn't learn in a really traditional kind of trajectory of a corporate career because I got to put my fingers in so many different pieces of the pie. Mm -hmm. So client experience design. Talk to our listeners about what that means. Does it mean from when they actually see your product? Does it mean from when they buy their product to the whole customer journey of I'm going to renew, maybe if it's like mm -hmm. a software product or if it's, you know, uh, it's the, the, I bought a, an outfit and it's getting old and I need to buy something to replace it or I need something to complement it. What does customer, client experience design mean for those of us out there who may not know what that well, means? Well, Mimi, I'm hiring. So you just explained it so well. <laughs> so maybe you should come work for me. <laughs> Um, I mean, client experience really is end to end. It is truly the experience from the client's viewpoint. So as business owners, we typically are always, we build naturally just in our own viewpoint, right? What we think, how we see the product, we build out the servicing from that. Client experience is really looking at it from the client's eyes first, mm -hmm. right? And, and then looking at it and saying it's before they even find you to all the way to the end of the, where they refer to you, refer you or mm -hmm. renew you right hopefully both so i'll give you so it's it's be, it's when they first like try to search for you online 
is it easy? Are they finding you on Google My Business? Are your hours right? Do you have a logo up so they can recognize you? If they get on your website, can they easily contact you? Does it load quickly? Is it easy to read? Is there not a lot of red and green? Because a lot of people can't see that mm. <coughs> Excuse me, in the mm -hmm. United States. Is the language really clear? Are you super clear about exactly what you're providing them? You know, if you're a restaurant, your client experience, it not once you get past that reservation piece, it starts in the parking lot. Somebody can come and you can have the best food and the best service. But if they can't park and they can't get to you and it's painful to find you, they're irritated before they even walk in the door. Mm -hmm. So you're starting behind the eight ball every single time. Right. So it's looking at all those different key touch points in a relationship and saying, OK, so throughout this journey, right, this client journey, what are the moments that really matter? We call them moments of moments that matter. Right. So MTM. And then where do I have moments of pain? So I call them moments of ow. So in this <laughs> journey, are there painful moments? So first and foremost, as a small business owner, get rid of the painful moments. Right. So I can walk you through an entire kind of process of doing this, but the easiest thing to do to start with is where in this journey is it painful to do business with me? Because that drives more business away than anything, right? Yeah. People want easy. They don't want a lot of, you know, they don't want a lot of steps. They don't want to have to search for a ton of information. They've got too much going on. If they can't get in contact with you or they don't understand your product or it won't come out of the package, you know, without a special uh, butter knife that slices their hand open because, but you thought the package looked gorgeous, but it's really tough to open, right? Like there's all these things when they pay, is it really easy to get a receipt? Does it show exactly what the business is from? Does it say, thank you, you submitted or just, does the page just disappear? And you kind of mm -hmm. go, I don't know, maybe I paid, maybe I did it. I have no idea. Like get rid of those moments of pain because that becomes something that literally stops them in the journey. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> and then we'll work with them and say, okay, now in this journey, there's these key moments, right? These moments that matter. And how do we really make those moments? Wow. So moments of wow, right? How do we make those sticky? The good thing for a small business owner is there's not a ton of those, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on which journey it is. So give you an example in a restaurant, kind of coming back to that, just because that's one that everybody's had an experience with. A key moment, pretty much really actually in any journey, is always when a client pays. Anytime money comes out, that's a key moment in the journey, right? So it's meaningful to them. There's trust involved, right? It can be painful. That's online or in person. Mm -hmm. So at a restaurant, we know that's a key moment for them. Well, there's little things you can do that really can wow people and makes it become memorable. They don't have to be expensive, from the way that it's written up in the book, if that's a restaurant, the little candies that you put at the table, the way you present it in the right way, you come back, you give them their own pen, right? Like maybe they keep the pen. There's all sorts of ways of making that a really much more sticky moment, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can do the same thing online. Let's say that somebody, you're buy, you have a retail store online or you sell, I have a client that sells tequila, right? Like in that payment moment, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting over COVID. I apologize. So in that payment moment, how do I one, get rid of all the pain, right? Cause it doesn't matter if it's a great moment of wow, if it's still really painful, how do I get rid of that moment of pain? But how do I make it personalized? Right? Mm -hmm. So let's say for example, one, I want to make sure it's really easy to pay. We've got multiple options. You get that receipt, everything. 
how do I build in a trigger in my Shopify that immediately sends a personalized email? I've got all their information. It's sitting in a field, mm-hmm. right? So it's not dear customer. Here's your customer number, da, da, da. It's, Hey, you know, Courtney, thanks so much for buying this. We're thrilled that you're here. We, re- we, you know, we love providing these types of clothes or everything we make is handmade or, you know, we always are looking for really unique designs. Here's what you can expect. Bullet, bullet, bullet. If you have any questions, let us know. And by the way, here's a 10% off your next purchase. Mm-hmm. We really look forward to seeing you again. You're awesome. Whatever your tone, your brand tone is, that's a really cheap way to yeah. stand out from everybody else because everybody else is sending if they send anything, because we've all been online where you push and go, did I get it? Did, yeah. did, that, did I buy it? <laughs> did that happen? What happened? <laughs> you know, you get a receipt for code number, order number, X, Y, Z, you know, that's great. Okay, great. So I got what I needed, but you're not going to be memorable. And when mm-hmm. people are memorable, that's when they come back. They buy mm-hmm. more things with you. And most importantly, they refer you to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's oh, all good. Um, I love that. So... As a potential client, let's say, or our listeners have small businesses and they want to reach out to you to hire you to help them, could you walk us through just the process of like what do they what should they expect? Should they come to you with these already painful moments, as you as you put it? Um, do you, will you do an assessment of their business? Like, what could they expect when when they come to you for help? That's a really good question, and and I'm going to give <laughs> it really depends because. It depends on where the company is in their journey, right? And, th- and to be honest, that's what I love. Like I work with brand new companies that haven't even started up to companies that have been in business for 20 years and have realized they really need to change things up. And, you know, so when they come into the journey, like what I have to understand to them, with them is where are they, right? For most small businesses, they're wearing all the hats. So it's really tough for them to be an expert at client experience and marketing because once we have these experiences in mind, then we help them to market them, right? So more people can know about them. But, you know, they're they're wearing an accountant. They might be a baker. They, you know, they're running HR. They're doing everything, right? They're cleaning the bathrooms. Like, that's what small businesses mm-hmm. are doing. They're doing everything. So most of the time, they're not coming in the door knowing that. So in general, what we typically do is we have, like, we initially have a conversation to make sure I'm a good fit for them. They're a good fit for me. It's really important that we can be really open with each other and really honest. Like I'm going to be very upfront with them about what's not working or what is. I want to fall in love with their business, right? Because if I can fall in love with you, I can sell you. I can make anybody buy your product if I can fall in love with you, right? So Hmm. I got to make sure it's a good fit. And if it's not, and sometimes it's not just because they're like, look, I just really want to run Google ads. Awesome. I know an awesome person that does Google ads, right? And that's all they do. And they're really great. Or somebody says, hey, I don't really care about all this stuff. I just need somebody that helps me with social media. Awesome. We're just not a good fit, right? Because where I'm going to really help you is where I can help you kind of with that full circle appeal push. And we'll do it in phases so it becomes very easy to do and it's very affordable because I don't want to break these guys' bank. But then I'll connect them with somebody that can do those other things. And then we always start with really a client experience workshop. So if they have employees, we pull them in. If at all possible, we'll do it at whatever hours they need it, if they need a weekend or a night or whatever. But we literally just get big pieces of sticky paper and put them on the wall and say, walk me through the client journey. What really happens here? And what we find in that session is it's all, I've never had a session where people aren't like, oh, 
oh, that that's really, ow, that hurts. That's really painful. Or, oh, we do this and nobody else does that. But they're never thinking of it kind of consistently and all strung together. So we literally just document it on the wall on these pieces of paper. And then once we have that up there, we're like, all right, so what are the moments that really matter? Now, I come with that with a lot of research in the industry so I can help. But businesses typically always know. They're like, well, it's really meaningful. It's This is a moment that I, I feel like really matters. Okay, great. So we need to knock that. We need to, t- we need to take care of that. What are the moments that are painful? Now, I'll research the company beforehand. And so sometimes I can come in the door and be like, I love you, but it is so painful to get information about your business, right? Or your hours are wrong. Or, you know, I can't find who you are as a team or whatever the case may be. Or I bought something and it came in a really blank, plain package. You know, it just kind of popped open. It wasn't, the envelope wasn't closed all the way, whatever it is. Um, You know, so I'll help them with that as well. But if you have employees, you know, even if it's a really small team, bringing them into that journey is a really critical moment because suddenly the employees, not only do they feel like they're really involved because they are, they're going to know your business better a lot of times than you are as a business owner, but they're suddenly going, wait a minute, I work for a company that actually cares enough to do this. And once they actually see changes getting made, Mm-hmm. they get really excited. Right. So it drives employee engagement. There's a lot of research around client experience driving employee engagement as well. And then from there, I just say, okay, great. We got, you know, we might have 50 things that need to be done. Well, that's never going to happen for a small business. We can't stop the business. That's wait. That's going to be extremely expensive. We can't do that to them. So it's okay. Based on where you are, you know, how much time you actually have, you might not have any at all. Maybe I'm doing all the implementation. Maybe your team is doing some of it you know, kind of where they are, we just break it down into phases and say, okay, what are the most critical things first? Let's get those two or three things done. And then let's go out and do some marketing. Great. Then we move here and then let's do some marketing. We do here and we move some, you know, we go out and do some marketing. So it's all based on their own pacing so that we don't just stop them in their tracks. Cause that's what a lot of times, you know, marketing especially can happen. It's, it's, it's this huge push but all the things aren't set up in the back end. A good example is, and I've seen this, a company will hire someone to go spend $5,000 on Google ads. That's a huge spend for a small business. I mean, that might be their entire marketing budget for the year, right? And that's great. And maybe it went well. Hopefully it did. But they didn't have anybody to answer the phones, <laughs> right? So they didn't think about well, what happens when this works, And I get all these phone calls at seven o'clock at night because you're going to, it's a Google ad, right? Mm -hmm. People are looking at it at their own time. Mm -hmm. Now you've paid to piss someone off, (laughs) right? So what we want to do is say, before we even get there, let's, let's make sure all these things are in play so that when you do decide to spend some money or you do decide to do some social or whatever the case may be, it's really positive and smooth for a client before they, you know, so that you're not paying to upset people. That's a really great point because I feel like for a lot of business owners, especially if you're a smaller business owner and you don't have all the help and you're doing it by yourself, you know, you're thinking about your product and there are so many other things that you said makes a customer stick. And I never would have thought about any of those things because yeah, someone's going to call and no one's going to answer the phone. And now I've paid to piss somebody off. (laughs) Absolutely. It happens. I tell you, so there's a a really great restaurant near me. It's an awesome restaurant. Love their food. Gorgeous inside. Great bartenders. I love a good Bloody Mary or a bourbon. Like, it's just a great place, right? It's right near my house. 
So I love it. Been there multiple times, loved it every time. They have not updated their hours on their website and who knows how long. And so I invited people, a client, to a brunch based off what their website oh, no. and their Google My Business said, and they weren't open. And I was so pissed because I invited a client. Now, this is yeah. a company that I love, a restaurant that I love. I have told at least 40 people that story. One, because I was just so irritated, Yeah. right? And the client was really irritated. They left a negative review on their Google My Business because of it. <laughs> but um, so that's, you know, so that now that's negative. So they they literally, for free, they really upset us, right? And I try to have a lot of sympathy for people, but it's like, guys, it's on your website and your Google My Business. Like, come on. You know, and those are both, like your Google My Business is free to update. And it's so critical. But like when I reached out to them to say, hey, FYI, I just want to flag you. This information is wrong. The person got snappy with me mm. and, and was like, well, you should have called us. Oh. Mm. And I was like, I won't come back to your restaurant. Yeah. 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 You just lost right? it. You just lost it. Lost my That's right. Like, I just won't come back. And I've told a ton of people about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's how real small business works. Right. Yeah. This is a great company with great food. They've got a good product. Mm -hmm. Right. But their customer experience is not consistent. Mm -hmm. You have not set it up for me to know what to expect and that you'll deliver. Yeah. And just to show that you care, like I work um, remotely for an HVAC and plumbing company. And while I was working there, they implemented this change. When you answer the phone, you have to say this script. It was just, you know, like, hi, it's Brittany. How can I help? Now mm -hmm. they change it to it's a great day at blank, blank, blank. Um, my name is Brittany. How can I help? And people are just like, Usually they're calling in mad, but it's hard to stay angry when someone answers right. the phone as, it's a great day. They're like, ah. well. Well, I'm mad. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. no, it's like, no, I'm looking at you negative and you're like, ah, oh, like if I had called this restaurant and they had been nice about it and said, hey, we really appreciate you pointing that out to us. Thanks. You know what? We've made this. We've, we totally forgot. I would have been like, awesome. Thank you so much. And you know what I'd be doing is saying, here's a great example of an awesome restaurant with good food that heard me and made a really simple change, but instead they got pissy with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and again, and I'm like, somebody, I don't get mad very easy. It's like actually quite hard to make me mad. So, um, but you know, it's those little, it's those little things and they have to be authentic. And I think mm -hmm. also the other thing to think about, and this is important for small businesses is not everything has to be really expensive. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a $20 box to deliver your package, right? Maybe it's just something as simple as printing out a cool sticker that has your brand, right? And slapping it on the bag and adding an extra one in the bag with a little note that seems personalized, but it's not, but it's written that way, mm -hmm. right? It's those little things. And, and it's also about understanding what a client expects. I use this a lot as an example. Taco Bell, <laughs> is one of the top franchises in the in the United States, right? Who here, raise your hand, if you think Taco Bell has the best Mexican food you've ever had? <laughs> Not even close, right? It's really good at three o'clock in the morning. True. Really good for a hangover, right? But it is not something you go, I want Mexican food. Yes, I want Taco Bell. <clears throat> but they are always consistently making good money. And the reason for that is they have created an experience they have, un they have created an expectation that their food is going to be lower quality, 
but it's going to be cheap and it's going to be fast. And every Taco Bell you go to, it's going to be the same food, right? Mm -hmm. So that is still a good client experience because they have set an expectation that their clients have come to expect and and it gets delivered on every time, right? You don't expect Chick-fil-A when you go to Taco Bell. You don't expect that level of service, right? Mm -hmm. So you, so it's understanding and level setting your business to what the real expectation is. And then finding those two or three really key moments where you can do something that's just very memorable. That's not super tough for you to implement, right? That's really memorable. And it's going to make you sticky because that's how you grow your business. Because people will come back and they'll tell more people about you. Mm Mm-hmm. Sticky, I like the term sticky. I like though that you said, going back a little bit, how you bring the employees in because I think that like they're the heart and soul of your, of they're running your business. And a lot of times I know in my experience working with small businesses, the employees don't think about what the customer is experiencing. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite. A lot of times in my experience, the employees are aggravated or annoyed or this client keeps asking me this. Um, And so I, I think that you're so right. Like, training these the employees to think just think about those moments and then the experience they're giving their customers is, is a total game changer even if your product isn't the best just the fact that they're feeling special and taken care of will keep them coming right. back yeah and i think for the employees you know we all have a hard time getting good employees yeah. and it's hard to keep them and keep them engaged right i mean there's a lot of competition for good employees well you know, if you can get employees really engaged and keep them engaged, obviously they're they're much more likely to stay with you, right? right. Which is going to save you a ton of money in the long term as a business mm-hmm. because you're not running right turnover on. and you're not rehiring and retraining. But from an employee standpoint, when it comes to client experience, you really have kind of a twofold approach. Is one, like you said, they truly are the heart of your business, right? They're going to know things you just simply don't know. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be able to come with with ideas and they're going to be able to identify pain points and problems that know that you would just never know you can't, you're not in the day-to-day of it, right? So they're just simply a great source of ideas and implementation, right? Especially if we can empower them to feel that way. And then the other side of it is this kind of like shift of, wait a minute, okay, hold up. I'm working at a business that's suddenly putting the client in this place. And I get that they're doing that for, you know, capitalist reasons, right? It's to make money, but it does feel like a very different approach, And so that feels different to people and people want to work somewhere where they feel like they matter and then they feel like they're a part of something and they stand behind something. And when you are focusing as a company on client experience and truly looking to try to be a client centric organization, that matters. That's, that's a way of thinking. It's a way of being and your employees can lead the charge on that for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Definitely. If your employees are upset, your business is not going to run. Especially if they know what the problem is. I see this all the time, right? They know that there's a problem, but they don't feel empowered to change it. Mm. Or they're so siloed in the business that all they see is this problem, but don't know what all the other pieces are. Sometimes simply by just doing that, you know, that document. I mean, we do it with markers. Like it's nothing fancy, right? Big pieces of paper. I love big sticky notes. Love them. (laughs) So like, Sometimes them just seeing it, they go, oh, I didn't know that's where this went next. Hmm. You know, so, oh, so I could do this before it went there and it would make that a lot easier. And you go, yeah, exactly. So sometimes it's just putting the pieces together for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 
you have to empower your employees. And I know as a small business owner, I am one. That's really tough. This is our heart, right? This is my life. This is my being. It's very tough for me to trust someone enough to be like, hey, I'm going to put you in this position of power. And even if it's in this one tiny thing, it's this widget or whatever, right? That's tough to do, but you gotta, people are great. In general, most people are awesome and they want to do good work, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to give them the tools and the capability to do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Sorry, I feel like I'm talking. A no, no, this is, no, this we're is so we want to hear. I love what I do. You can tell yeah. you're very passionate about yeah. it. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I did have another question, but I don't want to talk over anyone. So I'm going to give my mom and my sister a chance to uh, say whatever they need to. <laughs> I have I have two, but Brittany, I think I asked a question. Did you want to go? Um, you guys can go first because I have questions too. <laughs> So you do the employee experience and you run through the whole process, right? Um, do you also do uh, customer surveys, I guess, to get from their perspective? Or is that just something too, too much for a small business to actually um, try and engage their, their customers that way through surveys? Oh, surveys, customer feedback is so critical, right? And it's all about how you structure it. And I actually have a really deep expertise in that because that's one of the things that I did over in Asia for our business is to structure client surveys and feedback. And there is a science to it, a way you ask the questions, how you paste them, you know, where you place them on the page, et cetera. But client feedback is super critical. And it's actually not that tough for small businesses to implement it. You know, sometimes feedback can be reactive. It can be Google reviews. So it might just be me working with them to make it easier for our client to leave a Google review and for us to build in triggers for people to want to easily lead a Google review, creating a little mm -hmm. link for them right away that says, hey, if you could just do this, it's and here, tell me why. Let me tell you why I want it, right? Why I need it. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so you can do it that way. Feedback on your social. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm so sorry, ladies. Um. You can do formal surveys, which is, you can just do emails. We can do a small incentive for it. People will do a lot for a $15 Starbucks gift card. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially if you explain to them why you're asking, listen, we're, we're working on our client experience. We want to mm -hmm. create a better experience for you. So we're asking for this feedback so that we can do that. When you explain to people why, and you give them the permission to be honest, you have to literally say to them, please be honest. Please feel free to be honest. We can't change anything if we don't know it's broken, mm -hmm. right? You got to give them mm -hmm. that permission. Then people will tell you awesome things. And I love a good survey and a good survey that's built out is great. There's a lot of, you know, kind of science to it, but you got to always leave it open filled for people to type things in. Mm -hmm. Clients will give you the language to get them, right? They'll yeah. tell you, if you give them the opportunity to tell you things, and I'll give you another way that we do that in a minute then they're literally giving you the language on how to market to them, right? Because mm -hmm. then we can turn that into marketing. We're going to take their own language and give it right back to them. And they'll, yeah, and they'll tell you things you never would have thought to ask. Yeah. Right? Like they'll be like, oh, hey, I was in your bathroom the other day and it just really, well. I mean, it smelled so amazing. I told like two people and you'd be like, oh, okay, wait a minute. That really matters. By the way, if you have a restaurant, got to have a clean bathroom. People compare that to your kitchen. So mm -hmm. FYI. Um, 
Another thing that's really easy to do, and I'm actually doing this for one of my consulting clients right now. I have a client that's a consultant. Uh, they're in the healthcare industry. And what I'm doing is I'm actually calling their clients. So hmm. I call them. It's about a 10-minute call. He introduces me on an email, just says, hey, kind of same thing. Working on our client experience. Really would love to just, you know, take a couple minutes, just hear a little bit from you so that we can make sure that we're improving and bringing the things to you that really are meaningful. I'm calling them, tell them who I am. And I just ask them a couple questions. What's your experience like, right? Mm -hmm. Was there anything that was painful? Yeah. What's really important to you? If you've worked with someone before, what did you feel like is different by working with this company, right? And then I'm leaving a lot of pauses because when you leave space, people will feel it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I'm pausing a lot. I'm asking a question. They tell me a little bit and then I pause and they will tell you the best information, and I'm yeah. just typing, typing away. <laughs> and through those interviews, we've already created two new products. Wow. Because okay. the client is literally telling us exactly what they need. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So feedback, huge. Yeah. And you can absolutely do it without spending a ton of money as a small mm -hmm. business. Yeah. I think also important with the feedback is to not take it personally. I think it'd be hard sometimes if, if you're starting up and you're by yourself as a small business and you get all this feedback, I feel like it'd be easy for some people to take offense to it. Absolutely. Do you have to find yeah. yourself navigating that water? Yes. Yeah, so it's actually a really good point. Glad you brought that up. So, cause we give this feedback a lot um, or this insight a lot. So what you have to remember about feedback is it doesn't matter if it was true. It's their experience, mm -hmm. right? That's what that client believes their experience to be. Now, if somebody comes at you abusive and aggressive, they're blatantly lying, and that's going to happen every once in a while, then, you know, that's kind of a separate scenario to deal with. But in general, when someone's unhappy, I love it. Oh, nothing's better than bad feedback. Because <laughs> for two reasons. is one, they're telling me there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So if I'm willing to hear it, they're telling me it's a problem. They took enough time to stop to share that feedback with me they're passionate about it. They're emoting about this bad experience. Well, research has shown that if you can come to that person, a lot of research actually, so they're already here on the negative scale, right? On the emotional scale. If I can come to you and I can hear you, acknowledge that it's your experience, right? I don't have to agree with you, but acknowledge it's your experience and in some way give you a sense of I'm either going to fix it or I'm going to look into it. I've, I've, I've closed that loop for them and they feel like it's valid. Those are the people that flip like this. There is nobody more passionate about your business than someone that's had a negative experience that you have flipped and they'll flip themselves, right? They, they, they come up like this because they already came in so passionate. So they're doing you a massive favor. If somebody's willing to take a moment to tell you something's up, even if you don't agree, someone has a problem with your process. Yeah. or your product or your experience. It's your responsibility as a small business owner to go research that. Now, if it's not valid, maybe it was just a true misunderstanding. Still coming to them and saying, I hear you. I acknowledge this was your experience, right? And this is what we're doing on our end. What we're doing on our end might just simply be better explaining something, mm -hmm. right? Or adding some new language to something or helping my employees to feel more empowered. I don't have to take the back foot all the time because maybe there really wasn't something wrong. It was a misunderstanding, but mm -hmm. that person needs to be validated in their experience or they're going to stay a negative detractor for you. 
That is that is so true. I actually my um I'm a stay-at-home mom now, but my job that I had before I was dealing with um adult students. So our company did adult continuing education. And part of my job now is to review all of the student feedback. And you would think that it's about the course, but most of the time it's not. Most of the time is the room was cold or, um, you know, like the chairs were uncomfortable or I had a hard time hearing the instructor or something like that. And I had an experience with a client once where they were complaining about the heat and it was wintertime and it just so happened, I didn't know because I worked remote, that there was an issue with our heating system and I made the right calls and I contacted the client and I really apologized. Apparently there was an issue with the heater last night and, you know, it's being fixed. That client became a longtime client and booked multiple classes with us and brought their company back to us. So it just goes to show what you're saying is so true. Like they can become your most passionate, um, your biggest advocates if they just feel like they're heard. So, um, yeah. Don't feel heard now. Yeah. So you got to think what they're up against. What well, we're all up. We're all buying from small businesses and big businesses too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't feel heard. You're a number. If you get a chance to show somebody they're not a number, right? Yeah. How great is that? Yeah. Like that yeah. is just priceless, especially as a small business because there's so few ways to differentiate yourself that is not a price game, yep. right? And a lot of businesses just can't get into that game or shouldn't get into that price game. You know, and a great example is. You know, that's also a really critical moment in the cl- in the experience for a student. As a student, if I'm trying to learn and absorb, how do I do that if I'm cold? Right, I'm freezing, yeah. If I'm uncomfortable. Now, I might be in a building that there's not a ton I can do about it. Like if I'm a teacher, I might not be able to do a ton about the heat. But you know what I can do? I can go buy some $5 shawls and I can set them up by the door and say, hey guys, if you get cold, you're welcome to grab a shawl right? Or grab one of these, or grab one of these, you know, $2 blankets that I got from Walmart, right? Or the Dollar Tree. Like it's the little things and then somebody's comfortable, right? So you do have, that's a way of looking at it from a client centric standpoint. As this, as this student, how are they experiencing this moment of my product? My product is me giving them education. How are they experiencing it? Well, they're sitting on an uncomfortable chair, that's grinding into their back and into their hips, they're freezing and they can barely hear you. And they've paid money to Mm. sit in a room for two hours and be uncomfortable that you're going to piss people off. Right. So even if they have to be there and they've already paid, that doesn't mean they're going to recommend you to somebody else. So true. Right. So what are those little things you can do? You can even say, maybe there's nothing new by the chair. Acknowledge it. Hey guys, I know those chairs are terrible. I hate that I can't give you better chairs. Yeah. Okay. Now suddenly it's not my fault that the chairs are bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I've acknowledged that point of pain for them. But if you're cold, I've got some blankets. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if you have a hard time hearing, hold your phone up backwards so that I can acknowledge you and I can come talk to you better. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can hear you. It's little tweaks. It's all tweaks. Yeah. Acknowledging. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, my question for you, you had mentioned that you had some health, you have some health issues. And one of our questions that we always ask everybody is what are some challenges and struggles that you faced along the way with starting your own business? Could you kind of dive into that for us? And it doesn't yeah. have to be about the health issues. I'm sure there've been other struggles along the way with being, yeah, with being absolutely. a small business owner. I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, if I look from a, so I'll kind of go at it from two ways because my health is a really critical piece of this. And I think hopefully other, I can help 
some other people to share some of that maybe, but, um, you know, outside of health, one of my biggest challenges, no question, and I'm sure so many small businesses deal with this is the balance. First of all, I don't really believe in balance. I don't believe there's a true balance. I believe there's balances in moments, mm-hmm. right? There's days where I'm going to spend 90% of my time on my job because that's what I need to do to make it work and thrive. But then that means that means I need to find an, a day that I spend 90% of that time with my family or with my friends, right? Or on myself. So I believe that that's really how you have balance. And as a small business owner, the reality is you're just going to hustle. I mean, you're going to be hustling all the time. You got to work. It's long hours, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm lucky that I love what I do. It's That's not always the case for everybody. And so that's, I think that makes it really tough. But finding ways for me to have little breaks or moments of self-care have been really, really important to me. I'm creative at night, naturally, just as a person. So a lot of my job is creative, the marketing side of my job, you know, the website and the ads and the social media and all that good stuff and design. So I naturally tend to do a lot of that at night, which, so that, what that can mean very easily is I work all day (laughs) and then I work all night. So what I've learned is one to structure my day better so that I have certain things I do in the morning, certain things I do at night because they just naturally work with my flow. But I'm really strict about at some point during the day, I'm going and doing something for myself or for my house, right? If I'm going to work till nine o'clock and I own my own business, if I want to leave at 1.30 mm-hmm. and go to a movie for two hours, I'm going because yeah. I know I'll work until 11 o'clock tonight, right? Because that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. So that's been learning how to set those boundaries and how to set them with my clients have been really critical. Um, I love my clients. I have really good clients. I'm super lucky. But like, if you call me after nine o'clock, it better be because your business is burning down, right? And if you want to talk to me before nine o'clock in the morning, good luck. I'm up, <laughs> but my brain doesn't work, right? I'm not creative. So if yeah. you if we if you want a nine o'clock meeting, here's what that meeting is going to be about: accounting, your invoices, <laughs> right? Maybe I'm doing you know because some client experience design we can do that, but I'm not doing any type of marketing work. I mean, that's just not how my brain works. And I just have to, I had to learn to get really honest about that and, and use some kind of attraction marketing. We call it mirror marketing here. We're like, I have to get real, I had to get really clear about who we are, mm-hmm. who we are, what we stand for, what we love, what we don't. So that cu- potential customers can either see themselves in that mirror and step forward, or they don't see themselves in that mirror and they self-select them themselves out. Mm-hmm. Right. So as a small business owner, that means I get less leads per se, but they're better because we're, we're way more aligned. Yeah. They're going to work with me because they see themselves in me, right? We're going to have a good mesh and a good relationship. And if I take somebody on and that's not the case, I'm going to fire them as a client. I'll be nice about it and I'll refer them to somebody else. I'll even help them hire that other person, but I'm not going to keep working with them. It's a disservice to myself and, and to yeah. that client. Um, the other big challenge that I've had has been my health. So I have fibromyalgia and peripheral neuropathy. I also have Hashimoto's, which is an immune system disease. Um, and those are all relatively recent diagnosis, like in the last two years or so. So that's been going on for a while, but I had no clue. In fact, the only way I found out was because I have a healthcare client. I have a doctor's office. That's one of my clients. They're a pain management doctor. And I was reading up on them in order to do their social media marketing and going like, oh, 
that sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds like me. Wait a minute, I have that. And so at a meeting, I just said to him, like, look, this is weird, but I'm have I have these. And he was like, you need to come in. And, um, you know, especially I think as a small business owner, it's very easy to just push your stuff away. And one of the things my daughter said with me, he was like, I, once he got, you know, we had gone through all the tests and figured out what's going on. And he said, he was like, I have no idea how you work the way you do. Like at your pain level, like at, at what's going on, I just don't know how you do it. And I was like, I don't really feel like I'm in that much pain. And he was like, you're in a lot of pain. You just learned to block it. Right. Cause that's how I have to deal with it. But that creates exhaustion and it creates depression and it creates frustration and it creates all these other issues with my body. And so I've had to really learn and I still struggle with that. That still continues to be a real struggle for me. Like if I don't get enough sleep or rest, it's going to be a real problem. Fibromyalgia for me creates brain fog. So mm-hmm. in addition to fatigue and nausea and I like, I cannot, I mean, you, I, you could literally cut my arm off and I could probably keep working. But if I'm nauseous, I am so useless. It's insane. I'm just like, no, not to me. Nobody talk to me. Um, so I've had to learn to really navigate that. And brain fog is a big part for me. My job's so creative. That's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And there's just times I've been really upfront with my clients about it. And I've actually fired a client because of it. Because he made a comment about <coughs> being worried that I wasn't going to have enough like zeal and energy for his business, which is a fair thing to think. But the way he did it was kind of like, oh, you know, and, and I'm, cause I'm very upfront about it. I've learned that I have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's mm-hmm. just days where I have to say, Hey guys, I can't get that to you today. Here's what's going on. I'm having an episode or I'm having a flare up. Right. And they know these guys learn that like, I'm going to hustle for them hard. Right. So they'll, they'll get it and then they'll get more. But I've, I have to take that time or my body won't function. Mm-hmm. It just starts falling apart. Mm, yeah. That's tough for me to accept. Yeah. yeah that is, especially if it's like a newer oh, thing. You know, like you've gone your whole life, you've been doing all these things and boom, life throws this at you. But you can definitely tell just from even talking with you for the little bit of time that we had that you don't let that stop you yeah. at all. It's not like a, it may be a, maybe a small little bump in the road, but, or maybe like a small little wall, but you definitely crashed that wall down. I could tell. Yeah. I'm a big believer in like, you got to let yourself cry. Yeah. Right. Like if I have a moment where I'm just really sad or I, I get really frustrated at my body, my hands lock up, like literally like lock up. And so that makes it hard to work on the computer sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's really upsets me. I get so mad. Right. And so I've learned with therapy (laughs) that I have to just accept that I'm mad or accept that Mm -hmm. I'm angry and allow myself to be for that moment. And if I need a good cry, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like I just have, I can't pretend all the time that I'm okay because all that does is suppress everything in my body. And fibromyalgia is very driven by inflammation and stress is a big trigger of inflammation. Right. So, you know, I just like you'd sometimes as a small business owner, you're just going to be upset and it's going to be a crappy day or a crappy week. And it's okay. It's okay to be really frustrated. And if you try to pretend like you're not like at some point, it's going to really build up on you. 
I think the question, what you have to kind of think of or how I deal with it is, okay, I'm going to allow myself this moment. I have this moment of being sad or mad or irritated and then I'm done. I'm not going to pack my bags and live in it. I've had my moment and I'm done, but I'm going to take this moment. You're acknowledging it just like you tell your customers to acknowledge the customer experience. Yeah, true. (laughs) Is my body's client experience. (laughs) So funny. Oh, gosh. So just to segue a little bit, we're talking about challenges um, of being a small business owner. Could you maybe share some advice? A lot of our listeners are small business owners themselves. So could you maybe share some advice that you would give them one or two things that maybe you would give um, to other small business owners? You, you mean from a client experience and marketing standpoint? Um, either one, but I would say I would say more along the lines of if they hit challenges in their small business, maybe how the different ways that you were able to overcome your challenges, because I know everyone faced um, different challenges, but um, you know, you've got, you have got a lot of experience with overcoming and being very successful as it seems and overcoming them. So <laughs> it's tenacity and stubbornness. I'm a classic. Tourist. <laughs> so, um, I think that, okay. So I think hands down for me, the biggest change in my life and in my, my career or how I feel about things is that it has be, has been the ability to become honest with not only myself, but with others. Mm-hmm. So I am a classic type A personality, right? Everything's great. Everything's per Like that's how I've lived my life. I got it. I'm on it. Everything's awesome. How's your day? Amazing. Exceptional. Perfect. You know, whatever. Like I'm just going to get her done. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's just not long-term sustainable. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it puts a lot of pressure on yourself. And what I've had to learn very painfully, because I do not like admitting when I'm weak, is not thinking of it that way and thinking of it as I'm having this moment and finding ways to build honesty into my life around that. One with my job, so with my clients, if something's going on, I'm going to tell them, right? So that's been a big change. And that was a huge transition for me. That's only happened really in the last two years. I think that the trigger of getting the diagnosis once I kind of had processed through that was like, I got to tell these people. Cause I honestly thought I was going to have to stop my business. I had a point about a year and a half ago, I had fallen on the road in the middle of the night, walking my dog mm. and somebody actually had to stop their car and help me get back into the house. And I was like, I'm going to have to shut the business down. I'm going to have to go on disability. I mean, it was just this huge moment. And I just had to learn like, one, I can't let myself get to that point anymore. I can't push to that point anymore. It's just not possible. But also, I got to start being upfront about it, one, with my clients, but also with my friends and family. So I've gotten a lot better, maybe not as good as they would like, but I have gotten better about saying, I need help. Yeah. I need help, or I just need you to hear me, or I'm having a tough moment. Um, I'm having you know a lot of brain fog today. Can you me to, you know, can you help me to brainstorm this word or, Hey, I'm really struggling. And I know I said I was going to come to that networking event, but I literally cannot walk today. So mm-hmm. can you forgive me? Can you understand? Can you have some grace with me? And can I make it up to you as soon as I'm feeling better? You know, with my family, 
like um, telling them, hey, everything, you know, when I was living in the corporate world, they thought that I was just like living this dream life, right? And I was in many ways, but it didn't mean I was happy all the time, yeah. right? I mean, I definitely had a lot of struggles and challenges. And at that time I was having health issues, but I didn't know what it was yet, right? So it was all starting to come up. And, and I think that's gotten better in a lot of ways with my family because I'm more upfront about it. Hey, I'm having a tough moment. And that's been really hard for me. But I think for small business owners, you can't be your entire network. You can't. You can't be your entire support system. It's impossible, right? And you were asking entirely too much of yourself if you're asking that. Mm -hmm. And you need to have a support system around you of people that you can trust, even if it's one person. I know not everybody's close to their family. I know not everybody has millions of friends. I know not everybody's a big networker, you know, or extroverted like I am. But you got to find a couple of your people that you can have that honest relationship and talk with that when you're at your breaking point in the middle of the day, you can call them and say, or, or hey, or send them a funny meme and you know they're going to send you one back because they know what's up. Yeah. But if you don't tell them that that's what you need, we expect so much of people, but forget to tell them what we need. And then we get mad when they don't give it to us or we yeah. get hurt when they don't give it to us and they're clueless, right? So we got to tell them, hey, this I need this kind of support. And then what kind of support can I give to you? But I think that is so vital in the small business world. You're wearing so many hats. You're up against so many challenges. And if you don't have a couple of people that you can just connect with, you're going to break. Yeah. And if you don't have them today, totally fair, right? Join a local, you know, networking group or reach out to one person. Everybody's struggling. Can you tell one person and see how they react? They might go, thank God you said something because I'm having this hard time too. Great. Now we're suddenly going to have this conversation, right? Like, can you build a couple of people around you that will be your wall when you can't stand? Yeah. Um, and people are willing to do it if you ask them and if you offer it back. Yeah. I love that. That and that's so true um, from all the women that we've interviewed so far. As far as um, finding your 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 people, if you will, finding your tribe, tribe, mm -hmm. and uh, asking for the help. Because when you're a small business owner, if it's just you, and something happens to you, it's like, okay, what do I do next? You need to be able to, you know, ask for that help. You can't expect people, like you said to know what you need because we're not mind readers and you right. can't get upset if people don't do what you're expecting them to do because we're not mind readers. It's just not the way it's not practical. It's not, it's not right. reality. It's not reality. Right. Yeah. And then you're just setting people up to fail, but you're also setting yourself up to fail. Like, yeah. especially if you're a one person game and especially, mm -hmm. I think I'm sure there's, you know, men that listen as well. And I, God, men, I love you. And you do great jobs. I'm talking <laughs> to the women right now. If you're a one woman shop, you are a superhero. Yeah. I don't know a single one woman shop, small business owner that is not the hardest working hustling person out there. Like, and they are, they have the highest expectations of themselves. They are the hardest on themselves. They're trying to do everything. They've yeah. got to have 75 hands. And that is just not possible yeah. every single day, 24 hours a day. Right. Can you do it six days a week for 23 hours a day? Sure. But in those hours that you need it, you got to have somebody to be your wall. Yeah. 
right? Or sometimes you just need somebody that says you like my best friend, Tracy, she is not in the business world. She's a teacher. She's an amazing teacher. She thinks I'm crazy like all the time. She's just like, what are you doing? I don't understand it. But I know that if I have pushed myself too far, she's the one to call because she will say to me like, what the hell are you doing? She'll yeah. whip me back. Stop it right now. You need a break or you need to do this or this is this has gone too far, right? They don't all have to be business people. Yeah. Right. What it, but but I've had to build to that point with her where I can I can be honest with her and say she's my best friend in the world yeah. where I can say this is what I'm up against that's in this moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But and that's hard for women to do because we don't like it anybody is. knowing our weaknesses. <laughs> but so instead of true. looking at it as a weakness, can you look at it as just a moment? It's just a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's not a weakness, it's just a moment. It's just a moment. I like that. So we, we talked about you, um, you know, where you came from, talked about your business. We talked about client experience. We gave some advice to their listeners. Tell us, Stephanie, now about goals for you this year. What are your goals Ooh, this year? That's a good question. Okay, so I've got some big goals <laughs> in the next few years. Um, and I'm struggling with pacing. Classic type A, right? <laughs> but also having to recognize that I've got a pace. So in the next year, um, I have two big things that I'm looking to do. One, I am going to be launching an, uh, a weekly newsletter that will be for small business owners that will have, they're called, it's called Marketing Minutes. And the concept behind it is to take a couple of key topics that they need to know about, right, mm -hmm. on a weekly basis and not only teaching them about it in a quick email, but giving ideas on how to actually implement it, right? Because everybody, there's all these great newsletters or training or whatever of, hey, you really should do this, or here's how you create a customer persona, or here's how you do a Google ad, but there's no next step, right? Mm. There's no, okay, so here's how you can do it. Mm -hmm. So we want to make it really, really actionable for them just once a week, because as small business owners, we do not have enough time to read all the emails <laughs> that come in our email box every day. So once a week, really actionable, break it down into a couple of minutes every week where you can start to teach yourself how to market and how to do some client experience design so that you can really grow your business. So that's a big, I'm really excited about that. I'll be implementing that sometime in Q2, working on that now. And then the big goal <laughs> um, is something called Small Business Headquarters, so SBHQ. So in the upstate area that I live in, are you, are you guys all in the upstate too? Just mm -hmm. me. Just you. Okay. So, you know, in the upstate area, the tons of small businesses here. It's a great yes. small business area. Um, the upstate is 10 counties in the uh, tip of South Carolina. And, um, but you know, small businesses really struggle. One, they, a lot of them can't afford someone like me, even though I, I'm quite well priced, um, you know, but they're just starting out or whatever the case may be. Or they don't have a network or, you know, or they're spending, a, we spend so much money on like little penny any pieces of software because you got to have a little bit, a little bit, and they want to charge you to death. You're not big enough to get good pricing. <clears throat> so I'm going to open up a business called SBHQ, which is essentially think of it like kind of a gym for your small business. So most small businesses to owners don't need a place to actually, they don't need a permanent office. They either already have one. They don't need one like me. Like I no longer have a permanent office because I just go to my client's offices, um, you know, or their hairdresser or whatever the case may be. And they already have kind of a setting. 
And there's a lot of places in the upstate of places that you can go and you can rent out an office. You can rent out a desk. It's, it's expensive, but you can do it. But what we want to do is create a network, a home for these small businesses where they can come in and there's places to work. So you can come in and work. There'll be quiet spaces and everything as well, but no permanent desk space. That's not the concept. There'll be mailboxes for them so they can have proper addresses. Um, you know, there'll be, tra- there'll be training and there'll be uh, conference rooms. We'll have a podcasting area and actually teach them how they can podcast a webinar and video recording area. We'll have a technology library. They can actually, um, you know, take out technology, but most importantly, every week we'll have training where we're going to bring in experts at things that small business owners need. So, you know, bring in a, in a, a lawyer that teaches about how to do a trademark and actually how to do it. When do you need a trademark, which is a copyright? And here's actually the three things that you need to do next to get that done. Bring in an accountant that says, hey, or if you're you know, an S-Corp versus an LLC, what are the differences? What do you need to know? How do you set up your accounting? A marketing person that comes in and says, great, here are the 10 things you got to have on your website. Here's actually how you do them. That will all be live training. And then we'll also record it so that members can get into the membership platform in the back end and actually see all that training and get themselves training at any time. There'll be um, networking events, of course, so they can get to know each other. We'll have like little stickers. I'm a big, like, sometimes you just want to go work and not have everybody bother you. So we'll have like certain certain name tags that mean, hey, I'm not here to be talked to today. And certain ones that can, so you're kind of giving a, a physical indicator to people if you're there for networking or not. Um, you know, and things like that so that they can start building that community around them And then the membership portal that'll be behind the scenes for them, not only can they get the training, but they'll actually be able to um, promote their own business in a very controlled way. They actually have to promote it through us, right? So they're not spamming people. So they can offer Mm -hmm. special deals or discounts or, you know, programs just to other members, which is a great way to grow their business and their network. And then as a company, because we'll be able to come in as a membership, I can then go and negotiate with some software companies and some service companies and say, you got to give me enterprise level pricing. And then I'm going to allow my members to essentially then take that, that pricing on so they can get discounts. Um, and you want to, we want to keep it at a really affordable rate. So it, you know, depending on that pricing is still around, but you know, anywhere from like maybe only 179 a month to, you know, 300, depending on what, what they add to it or whatever, but we want it to be really affordable for people and truly help small businesses be successful in the ways that are beyond just their product or service. Um, so that will probably, I've got to do, a, I may need to do a little bit of fundraising around that. I'm still kind of working through the ideas. I don't really want to bring a partner on. We'll see, but, um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's the big plan. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see where you go with this. We'll have to bring you back on next year so you can tell us, you know, where you sat yeah, with I'm people. Excited. I think uh, I think people would I think it's really needed. I think yeah, it'll help. Absolutely. As we start to close this out, was there um anything that we didn't mention or ask you that you wanted to mention? And if not, or if so, after could you share your social media handles and how everybody can find you? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we're at Design the Experience. On all the socials, our website is designtheexperience.com. And you can email me, Stephanie, at designtheexperience.com um, as well. 
that's an easy way to, to reach out to us. I am my own worst enemy. I'm terrible about doing, I'm on social all the time for my clients. I'm the worst about doing my own social media, <laughs> but I'm working on getting better at that. Um, you know, just by the end of the day, I'm like, I don't want to do another post. <laughs> so, um, the one thing I would like to end with, if I can, is, you know, just kind of two quick tips for businesses that I think will help really any business, hopefully, um, is one is get comfortable with Google, my business, Google, mm -hmm. my business is one of the best free tools out there for small businesses. You do not need to have a, a location on it, right? You do have to have a location to get the certification card, but you don't have to publish a location on Google My Business. Um, and it's actually man managed through Google Maps now. So you literally go on Google Maps and that's how you'll manage it. But it's really critical for a couple of reasons. Is one, the vast majority of people are still using Google as their search engine. So you're much more likely to get found there. Google reviews are much more trusted than any other review, including social media, obviously Yelp, because that's just, uh, you know, that's just a game now. Um, you know, so Google reviews are really important and that's an easy way for people to leave reviews for you. You can send them, there's a little dedicated link that you can get for your, on your Google uh, profile to do that. People want to find your hours. Don't be like that restaurant, right? They want to find <laughs> your hours, make it easy to have that phone. You can actually, but even more importantly, you can post to Google uh, your Google profile, just like you do on social media. And what that does is we do it for our businesses once a week. So we literally just take something from Facebook or Instagram and post the same exact thing as an update on Google, my business. What that does is it helps show Google that you're an active business, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of, you know, date or a lot of like a lot of exper uh, examples. I can't give you empirical data because it's a little tough to, to travel that way or use it that way. But we've seen a lot of examples <laughs> where clients website search has improved by using Google My Business, huh. right? Because you're showing Google you're a very active business. You're hmm. also showing other people that you're a very active business. You can put updates in there. You can put sales. You can do discounts. You can put events. It's just, it's all free. So you got to have a Google My Business profile, every type of business out there. Um, the other is, is to start on client experience, simply go and search yourself online. Go into a incognito tab on your web, right? And search for your business, just the name. What pops up? How long does it take to get to you? It's okay. You're not, you're not going to be on page one all the time. Totally fair. That takes time, right? There's an SEO game. How long does it take to get to you? Do you have a Google My Business profile? Because that would come up, right? Right away. That comes up on the side. Um, how long does it take to get to you? Once you get there, what does it feel like to use your website? Can you find information? If you were a client or ask somebody that doesn't, do, doesn't know you well, or it maybe there's a family member that doesn't know your business super well, to do it for you. What's your website feel like? Can they find information? What is your, how do, do, they, do you explain the benefit to them of your product? Hmm. What problem are you solving? Is it easy to purchase or is it easy to call you? Do all your buttons work? If you're on mobile, does everything transfer over the same way, right? Can you see it all the same way? Hmm. Do, are you using a lot of red and green? That's very hard for a lot of men. We have a really, we have a pretty hmm. high ratio of men in the United States that actually are colorblind. Right. I think it's something yeah. like 16% have some version of colorblind. Red and green tend to be the most popular. 
Are you using that in your, in your website? Are you making it really difficult for people to read? Yeah. So just go and experience it like a client and you'll immediately identify a couple of opportunities to either fix, right? Or to be like, that's where I really stand out. Well, I kill it right here, right? Like my benefit for the client is so clear. This is amazing. I need to take that into my social media. Or I make it really easy for people to buy for me, buy for me. I need to tell people about that on my social media, right? Mm -hmm. Or I need to tell people about that on my newsletter. But that's a really easy way to just go, like to kind of get yourself in the in the shoes of a client, experience your business and look at it from a different light. And I and I you can find all sorts of improvements. Wow. Those are helpful. great tips of advice. Great I love that. I, I took some notes while we were there. <laughs> so did I. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Get my small business up and going. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. You clearly have such a passion for this. Uh, just hearing your story and hearing kind of how you got here and why you want to do this for people really just sheds a light on it. I really hope that so many of our listeners uh, reach out to you because like I said, so many of them are small business owners. Um, so we're just so thankful that we had you on here. I've learned so much from you. I have a whole little page of notes over here that I'm going to go back <laughs> over later. And when I re-listen, most likely. Um, but yes, thank you so much for being on here. We had such a great time with you. This is amazing. I love what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, if anybody's in the upstate and wants to just reach out and click connect and, you know, find some people for your wall, I'll be your wall. And, uh, and Brittany, hopefully we can get together again soon. Yes. And uh, I guess, uh, I guess that's it. Thank you so much. This is amazing. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you thank so you. much. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you follow us on all of the things. And until next time, we are the Wayward Lasses reminding you to keep it real. Thanks for stopping by. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.